Hello and welcome to the Spiritual Seeds Podcast. This is a podcast for the spiritually curious among us. I'm your host, Leisha O'Connor, psychic author and spiritual teacher. It is so good to have you here. spiritual seeds. It is good to see you. You're looking well. This week we're talking to Brittany Wittick. So she'll be telling us all about her cancer recovery story, her personal journey with spirituality. She's had a few really cool and interesting spiritual experiences. We're talking a bit about kind of the spirituality science dynamic that we're seeing in the world today and also a bit about plant medicine and I got to learn what the word trip sitter means. So I hope you enjoy. So hi Brittany, welcome to the Spiritual Seeds podcast. It is an absolute privilege and an honor to have you here today. (laughs) Oh thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. My first time on a podcast was actually on your podcast last year, which was really lovely. It was a nice, yeah, yeah, it was a nice taster and it was a good practice for me even to kind of be like, oh, maybe this is something that I can do. So thank you for that. Helping me with that learning curve. Awesome. Uh, Great. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How are you? Oh, well, I'm great. I am an intuitive guide. I have a podcast called Coming Out of the Spiritual Closet. I'm also a travel blogger. (laughs) I'm a few different things, but I'm definitely moving all of my focus into spiritual, the spiritual and personal development space right now. Lovely. So the travel blogging has been for a good few years and the spiritual stuff is just more kind of recently that you're moving into that space, is it? So what was your journey kind of growing up with spirituality was spirituality a part of your life growing up or is it a a new thing it was not a part of my life growing up and it's really it's interesting I was raised in a completely non-spiritual home very scientific my mom I think would have called herself a self-proclaimed atheist but when I was a little child I definitely had experiences that I now recognize as being very spiritual. Mm. As a child, I they were really dismissed as make-believe, imagination. I had a problem with nightmares and waking up and having things still happening in reality once I was already awake. Mm. Um, so hallucinations were what those were called. And it's interesting because as I think back now, I realize that I was quite a traumatized child I had there was a lot of trauma in my upbringing and I realized that some of the I'm using air quotes nightmares and hallucinations that I had were actually my guides trying to reach out to me but I was so traumatized that anything that felt unusual or unordinary I'd been taught to feel that that was bad And so I couldn't accept it. I just was terrified of it. And so I perceived it as dark and dangerous when actually I believed that it was the universe, my guides reaching out to try and help me, which is interesting. Wow. Yeah. Always there protecting you and guiding you, even when you've absolutely no idea. 
what's going on. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so, so my upbringing was very non-spiritual and most of my young adult years were, were very non-spiritual. My spirituality really started to wake up when I was, oh, I want to say I was about 26. I was living in New York city, working miserable, absolutely miserable. Just life felt so hard. And my mom was very quickly and suddenly diagnosed with stage four cancer that had spread all over her body, including into her brain. So she had brain tumors. And within a weekend, I quit my job in New York, packed everything up and moved to Florida to take care of her because the brain tumors were, had basically caused a level of brain damage that she went from, she hit a tipping point where she went from a normal functioning adult to someone who could not walk, think normally, take care of herself, anything at all. Um, basically within a week, she just completely shifted. It was Whoa. quite dramatic. And so yeah. she needed full-time caretaking because she couldn't do anything for herself at all. And so that experience was the catalyst for my spirituality really waking up because I just don't think it's possible to get through an experience like that. I mean, it might be possible, but maybe it would be very difficult to get through an experience like that with a completely materialist worldview. So my worldview at the time was only what you see, feel, only what science has already discovered. Those are the only things that are real. Everything else you know, all this spiritual stuff, any religion, anything like that was BS to me. Mm -hmm. And when, and so my, my mom, it was a two-year process. She, she lived a long time before she passed away. And it was a long process of taking care of her. And in that experience, I really realized there has to be more going on here. Um, it just felt so defeating to think that this was it, that this material experience, this material suffering that she was going through, that I was going through, that it had no purpose. It had no meaning. It was just, I just couldn't accept that. And so I was wrestling with, I was really in this state where I was just wrestling with what I had always believed and what deep, deep, deep down felt right. And I had started reading tarot cards when I was a teenager but I totally did it as a hobby. I mean, yeah. I didn't believe in them at all. It was like, oh, this is just something, it's like a party trick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I pulled out my tarot cards in those years <laughs> with my mom and they began to do crazy things. It was so interesting. Like I would pull a card from the deck. I remember this happened with the universe card in the Thoth tarot multiple times. I would pull the universe card, put it back in, shuffle the whole deck, pull it again shuffle the whole deck, pull it again. One time it happened seven times in a row, Oh my God. seven times. It was just, and so it was like, okay, something's going on here. Like what's yeah. going on here. <laughs> and so that was the first little, like, I feel like that was, well, not little, that was the first big wink from the universe. Like, hello, Brittany, pay attention. <laughs> so, and then after my mom passed away and I, I moved to California with my husband at the time and Los Angeles, right in the city. I mean, it was, it was definitely city living. Um, I, 
I began to yearn for things I'd never yearned for. Suddenly I wanted to be out in nature. Suddenly I wanted to, I started going to the Burning Man Festival, which if anyone listening is not familiar, it's a huge alternative artist festival that happens in the desert of the United States every year. It's real out there. And I wanted to go there. And suddenly I was drawn to all of this alternative stuff that had never been on my radar. And as I started doing these things, I started looking around at my life and realizing like, oh my gosh, like this isn't my life at all. Like this is the life of the person that I used to be, which wasn't truly me. And that's what I, what I was realizing. And so within a year, I divorced my husband, shut down my business. I was a, I had a dog training business. I was a dog trainer in Los Angeles and decided that I was going to move to Oregon, which I had never, I had been to Oregon one time for a weekend in my whole life. It was like, I knew like two people that lived in Oregon and it just, but it was calling to me. I was so drawn there. It just kept popping up. I kept seeing it on TV. I kept hearing people talk about Oregon. And at the time I wasn't even like, I didn't know that was my intuition, but now I know it was like my intuition, my guides were, they were moving me there. And so I, I divorced my husband, packed up everything that I owned, which wasn't really very much after the divorce (laughs) And and drove to Oregon to this lovely hippie town that I now live in. And from there, everything just kind of started to unfold. I went from working with animals to jumping into a life of full-time travel and being a travel blogger. I met the love of my life and well, actually I knew him, but I fell in love with the love of my life (laughs) and started a relationship with a true soulmate and that path. And so I wasn't, you know, on this life of full-time travel, that path sort of led me into the spirituality slowly, but surely I was at a festival one time and I met um, a shaman who I sat and talked with for hours. And I had this sort of light bulb moment of like, huh, maybe there's something to this whole shaman thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was just moments, little moments. And until, gosh, probably it was interesting. It was probably eight months before COVID hit. I had a deep intuitive hit that I needed to stop traveling and I needed to get a home base. Me and my partner, we needed to get a home base and stop traveling for a year. We didn't know why. So we did that. And I knew at least part of it was digging into spirituality for me. Like I knew that I needed a home base where I could read about spirituality, learn about spirituality, dig into all the different branches, because it's quite overwhelming when you start. Mm -hmm. There's so much, there's so much. It's like, what do I even shamanism, Reiki, like channeling? What is all of this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we stopped traveling And yeah, I think maybe six months after we rented our place and were stationary, COVID hit. And we were just like, oh my gosh. Like, and I knew in that moment, the universe set me up for that because if we had been, you know, somewhere in the wilderness of Chile or something, we like to wilderness travel. (laughs) It would have been a nightmare getting back to the U.S., getting settled. Yeah, it felt very serendipitous. And I knew that. So when COVID hit, that was another like huge, okay, look, look at, 
look at what the universe is doing for you. Like, look at how you're guided. And I dug in even deeper at that point. And I, as I think so many people did. So COVID hit and it was like, I was, I was settled. I really had started to finally fully believe in spirituality. And that's when I started to lean in heavily, heavily, heavily to my intuition consciously. You know, I'd been following it without really knowing what I was doing. And I began to channel. I began to really trust my, my cards. Yeah. Just dug in all the way. I got, um, Reiki attuned. So I'm a Reiki practitioner. I just tried everything out. And I basically, at that point, when COVID hit, made it my full-time job to explore every branch of spirituality that popped up for me and just figure out what my path was. That was sort of, that was my goal. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Yeah. Amazing. I always find it interesting people who have grown up with no religious beliefs how you then find your way to spirituality it's it's I always just find that so interesting and I totally get what you're saying where the hell would you even begin because you know I find being raised Catholic like it still is I, I I wouldn't have much love for the the actual churches and like the actual organized religion of it but for the Christian belief side of things, I'm still very much connected with that. So I feel like I have my, like, I did my homework. That's fine. You know what I mean? I feel like I have those foundational sort of beliefs and anything else is just sort of like additional to that. So, I mean, did you explore religions or more spiritual aspects if you know what I mean you know the 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 difference yeah yeah you know I I did explore the the one religion that I well two religions Hinduism and Buddhism I dug into a bit for sure especially Buddhism um Buddhism has always felt almost more like a philosophy than a religion I mean as I started reading about it and so that worked for me I so a lot of my I moved constantly as a child, but I spent a good chunk of my childhood in the deep South in the Bible belt of the U S where Christianity um, is very strict and oppressive and there's real, a real mean edge to it. And so I was really not interested in looking at Christianity. Interestingly, over time though, I've developed a really beautiful relationship with Christianity and with Jesus and Mary. But when I first started, no, no, no. (laughs) But I did, yeah, I did dig into Buddhism. I much more was interested in um, like indigenous belief systems, like the shamanic uh, path, although that's not my path, but I was really interested in what was going on there. Mm. Um, So it was the spiritual, the sort of the more spiritual non-religious branches were, were where I dove in the most at first. Yeah something that you brought to mind there was you did a channeling reading for me recently a while ago and (laughs) that's right it's just so funny because obviously I 100% believe in everything that we do (laughs) but still when something completely wild happens you're just like oh my god it's real (laughs) yes I remember you brought through a message from Jesus and you said to look at page 22 of my book and I swear to God it's the only page of my entire book where he's Jesus is mentioned I was like 
what? <laughs> that, yes, I love that so much. It's just so magical. It really is. You're never not like blown away by it. You know, yeah. it's like it never gets old. You know, it's kind yeah. of like, oh my God, it's real. <laughs> it's like, yes, I've always known it's real, but it's still, you're constantly, yeah. um, I suppose it's like your belief system is reinforced, you know, it's mm -hmm. really nice, really nice. Um, oh yeah, yeah, on my end too, for sure. Yeah. I love yeah. hearing that, you know, it's like, yeah. wow, it's so awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's real um, confirmation for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah channeling so channeling is something that you've kind of gotten more into would you say in the last year or were you doing mm -hmm. it before that kind of figuring it out and I was doing it before that a little bit uh very much privately mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> it's interesting one of the one of the first um spiritual figures that really drew me in was Abraham Hicks Yes. And I think that's really common. I think a lot of people, Abraham Hicks is a really um, a nice introduction to channeling for a lot of people. And so early on, I did, I did bring through some channel messages privately for myself, but for others, it's very, it's very much in the last year that I've been open to channeling for other people. And is that something that you actively brought into your life or did it just start happening? Oh, you know, it, it did kind of just start happening originally because I, the first time that it happened, I actually, um, had the house to myself and I was doing some ecstatic dancing in my living room, just some really beautiful spiritual music. Yeah. And I, I sat down on the floor cross-legged out of nowhere. I just felt I had to sit down. I sat down cross-legged and my head fell back so that you know, almost like I was looking straight up at the sky and a voice started coming through me that had a completely different accent than me. I mean, it was not my voice and it was the craziest feeling. And what was interesting about that is I don't even remember much of what came through because mm -hmm. what, what happens a lot of times when you're channeling is you just, you forget it as soon as it comes out. That's why I like to record it. Yeah. Um, but it, the feeling of it was just love. There was so much love to it. And so it didn't freak me out because it was so loving. So there was, that was the only time it's happened spontaneously. It was the first time. And so I think that that was, again, the universe sort of like, Hey, Brittany, pay attention. This is something you should try. Yeah. So after that, I, I actively tried to connect and channel. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, all these little things that happen all these little nudges and pokes mm. it's kind of like come over in this direction it's fun over here yes definitely definitely <laughs> like no it's really weird and like no it's fine <laughs> it's fun <laughs> yeah it took me a long time to get comfortable with channeling for yeah. sure um it's an it's an ever ever ongoing process mm. especially in front of people mm -hmm. oh yeah definitely yeah. Absolutely. Very good. So I know that you are, I kind of think of you as kind of an intuition queen. Um, you, Thank you. You're welcome. You have a very strong relationship with your intuition and a very strong trusting relationship with your intuition. And you've told us already about a few situations where your intuition was guiding you places and you wouldn't even have known that that was your intuition speaking to you at the time, you know. So you're 
have embarked upon a one-year intuition experiment. Is that the right yes. name for it? Yep, that's what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that. How did you get into that and how the hell is it going? Yeah, so that was in late August and I felt very inspired as I do have a strong relationship with my intuition, but just like anyone else, your intuition is very quiet. It's, it's, I call it the little voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so it whispers to you, it's not pushy like the ego. And so it's very mm-hmm. easy to ignore your intuition. Yeah. And even when, even for me, who knows that my intuition has taken me to all of these extraordinary places, I still will ignore it. And so I decided, okay, I need to make a rule for myself rule. This, this will work. This is, this is how I will really listen to my intuition. So I decided that for one year, I would do everything that my intuition tells me, no matter what, no matter how scary, no matter how weird, when I heard the little voice, I would do it. And I started that experiment in the end of August, um, in 2021, and I'm still in it. And yeah, it's been, it's been pretty extraordinary, really. Just a couple weeks after I started that uh, experiment, I had an intuitive nudge to update my information on this government website. Okay. And so I had this intuitive nudge and I was like, why would I do that? I had gotten this email that told me I should update my information, but it wasn't, it, it was just a department I wasn't involved with. It wasn't something that felt necessary, but my intuition was like, do it. So I did it. Well, about a week later, I start getting deposits of money into my bank account, huge deposits, like $1,000, $2,000. And basically it turned out that there was all of this assistance that I qualified for through COVID because of my travel blog that I didn't even know I qualified for, that I suddenly started receiving because I updated my information. <laughs> yeah, and a year, was, a year and a half after COVID started. <laughs> right, it was wild. And so wow. within like two weeks, I got this huge chunk of money. I got $17,000 deposited Jeez. into my wow. account in two weeks, which just it just blew my mind and all because I listened to the little voice yeah Yeah. (laughs) so that was a huge example there's just been a million small things too where I've been like oh I'm so glad and and to be clear there have been some small instances where I miss the little voice because sometimes you really do just miss it like sometimes it's not an active oh I heard it and I'm ignoring it like sometimes I really do kind of just yeah miss it and there have been cases where it's like oh like for instance I went to a restaurant and the little voice told me before I went that I should make a reservation I got there and there was a huge line I remember that specifically because I was like oh Brittany (laughs) you were told to do this yeah it's like you you're in your intuition experiment you should have listened but the big so the big thing so there were many little things that came of the intuition experiment but the really big thing that came from it was cancer diagnosis, actually, and all of the treatment following that. So shortly after I began my intuition experiment, I was called, it's a wild story. I was called to move out of my home in Oregon and begin full-time travel again. 
And that was going to start with six months on a beach in the wilderness of Baja, Mexico. So I did that. I packed everything up. Me and my partner, we packed everything up. We got our paddle boards in the, in the truck and we drove to the wilderness of Mexico. And we spent a month on the beach just having a glorious time. But while we were there, well, the first thing that happened is uh, in a meditation, I had this incredible spiritual experience where basically this huge white light energy um, showed up. Energy like I've never encountered before or since. And this energy spoke to me, communicated with me. And it's, it's like a telepathic communication if you've never had this type of communication with an entity or energy. But what was relayed to me was that I was approaching one of my soul's exit points in this life. And I had a choice that I had reached a point where if I wanted to, I could exit this life. And the energy actually in this conversation gave me a brief glimpse of what that would feel like. And it was beautiful. I mean, it was just loving this like gorgeous, loving, warm feeling of being one with everything. It was incredible. And so I mentioned that because it was a real choice in that moment, in that meditation, I really truly was deciding between whether I would continue on in this human life, or if I felt like I was ready to go rejoin my soul, the one. Um, and it was interesting because what came up in that moment as I was offered this choice was my intuition experiment and the intention that I set with my intuition experiment. When I started the intuition experiment, I set the intention that I would expand into the most expanded version of myself possible in this lifetime, which in retrospect is a really big intention. <laughs> <laughs> now you're like, what the fuck did yeah. I sign up for? <laughs> Can I so take it back? Totally, <laughs> right? So in this meditation, I remembered that. That came to me and I was like, no, you know, I, I have more expansion for sure. So I, I'll stay here. And the the, the, the energy, the entity relayed to me, okay, but we want you to know it's going to be really difficult. And so are you sure? It was really an interesting, I mean, and you know, as I'm relaying this, I'm not relaying the full emotion that was associated with this. This whole time, I'm just pouring tears down my face. It was so powerful. And I said, yeah, no, I am sure. And the energy told me then, okay, then just know it's not your time. And I came out of this meditation and I was like crying, sobbing. And of course I journaled it all out, but I was like, what the heck was that about? Like, what did that mean? You know, because I was feeling fine. I was feeling normal. I'm on the beach in Mexico. Everything's good. And literally two days later, I started to have strange medical symptoms. And as soon as it started, as soon as the symptoms started, I was like, oh my gosh, I know what's going on. I knew right away. I didn't, I didn't know necessarily that it was cancer, but I knew that this was related to that meditation. And so basically we had to drive hundreds of miles to get to a doctor because we were so far in the middle of nowhere. 
But the thing that was brilliant is in Mexico, the way healthcare works is you can just see the doctor anytime and you can see all the specialists right away. There's not this whole process of referral that happens in the US. And so I just went in, saw a doctor within 24 hours, I had a full diagnosis of cervical cancer that had cardio or that had a vascular involvement. So it was potentially spreading and it was serious basically. And I knew mm -hmm. that right away. And so we packed everything up. We drove back to Oregon so that I could get treatment. And, you know, here we had no home in Oregon. <laughs> so, and it's funny because I think that a person could look at that as being like, my intuition failed me. Like it had me give up my home. It had me, but the truth is in Mexico, I was diagnosed within 24 hours. It would have taken weeks in the US. Um, when we got back to Oregon, we were able to choose a rental that perfectly fit what I knew was going to happen. I knew I was about to go through this really difficult cancer treatment. And so I was able to choose a home that was really easy for that, that had everything I needed for that specific experience. So it was perfect that we didn't have our old place because it would have been, our old place actually would have been a nightmare trying to make it work. It was what was incredible just right off the bat, as soon as we got home is everything just fell into place perfectly. The, the place that we found to live is literally walking distance from the cancer center. The cancer center that I had to go to was the only specialized oncologist for this type of cancer within basically two states. It was like people travel from all over the US to go to the cancer center that's literally 10 minutes from my home here. So it, everything just, my intuition led me exactly where I needed to be. And then I started treatment. <laughs> and that's to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the thing that the thing that was interesting about digging into the cancer treatment, I am so grateful for my intuition experiment because when you get a serious disease like cancer, let me tell you, everyone, everyone you've ever known in your life has advice for you. <laughs> and a lot of different advice. Everybody thinks you should do something different because I am in the spiritual community. Many, many, many people thought that I should not take the Western approach at all, that I should sim only do spiritual modalities. What was unveiled for me is there's this interesting polarity going on between Western medicine and what has been called holistic medicine. I'm using air quotes but really um, non-Western, more Eastern medicine. There's, there's almost, just like everything that we humans do, we've created a polarity between these two, where one is good and one is bad, and you're on one side or another. And that didn't resonate with me at all. And so um, I, I basically had to take some steps back, sit with my intuition. And my intuition really came through clearly and was like, no, do the Western approach and then include all of these healing modalities, all of these spiritual healing modalities, which I did, including some incredible past life sessions with Leisha. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it was immensely helpful. And basically what ended up happening because I trusted my intuition within a couple months, the cancer completely went away. And it was much faster than anyone anticipated. 
Um, my oncologist was shocked. I actually, we actually discovered the cancer was gone when I went in for an MRI that was supposed to be to plan more treatment. This MRI was checking, you know, planning more treatment, trying to figure out exactly where the tumor was and there was nothing there anymore. It was gone. It, it was incredible. It was so quick. And what I absolutely, absolutely um, believe that my intuition leading me to exactly the healing that I needed. I went with the full Western approach. I had chemotherapy and radiation, but I also had weekly Reiki healing. I did past life healing with Leisha. Um, I worked with a nutritionist. Um, I mean, I, just on and on and on. I did so many different healing modalities and, oh, acupuncture. <laughs> mm -hmm. And as soon as one of those modalities, as soon as my intuition told me, I also pulled away from those modalities. So with the nutrition, at some point, my intuition said, this isn't helping you anymore. Stop. And I stopped. I trusted my intuition every single step of the way. And I fully believe that that's what pushed me through to, you know, to a really quick healing. It's awesome. Yeah. It's incredible. It's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's it's been an it's been an amazing journey. And I'm just now, just now a couple weeks out of treatment. And what I'm also realizing, and this is something that I really, I really want to share with people, this experience of having cancer and going to this very painful, dark place physically, emotionally, is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I I'm emerging from this experience as a completely new version of myself. I've healed so much. And something that happened through this experience that was also very powerful, I was able to really see that physical, spiritual, and emotional wounds, they're all one. So anything physical has a spiritual and an emotional side to it. And the example of this that I want to use is the side effects of the Western medicine. Mm -hmm. So chemotherapy and radiation, everyone knows there's huge side effects with this. You know, this is one of the things that's so scary when you're diagnosed with cancer. So I would be in this process of, you know, purging from chemotherapy, you know, just purging in all the ways, horrible and crying and sobbing. And at some point, it, what was really interesting is at some point that purging would shift from a physical purging to an emotional purging. Like I would literally feel deep emotional wounds coming up from inside of me, showing themselves to me and moving out of me. And I healed some incredibly deep emotional wounds through physical purging from the chemotherapy and the radiation. For instance, I had a deep, deep, deep mother wound. I'm adopted. I had a troubled, troubled relationship with my adoptive mother. And of course, because I'm adopted, my biological mother gave me up as a baby. And so I had this extremely deep mother wound that I thought I'd worked on. But when I was purging from the chemo, this mother wound just came up through me and out in this incredible way. And I and what was really interesting is once the wound came out, the mother wound, suddenly the purging would stop. Like physically, I was okay suddenly. It was wow. wild. So it was like 
literally the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, they were completely intertwined. And this is the first time in my life that I was able to clearly see that. And this happened with a number of things. I mean, I, I healed deep wounds that I've had since childhood through this process. And so something that I've, I've really, I want to urge people to consider when they have a major illness or a major medical thing that they're facing Western medicine, sure, there may be side effects with it, but it could be that those side effects have a spiritual value. Those side effects actually may work in your favor spiritually. And I think that that's something that I rarely, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone talk about that. And it is, it's almost like I was purging. I mean, when you do like um, ceremonial plant medicine, you purge, right? And we think of that as being a sacred purging. Well, why can't the side effects from Western medicine be a sacred purging too? That was my experience. Exactly. I've never heard anybody speak about it in that way, in the way that you've described it. I feel like it just gives this whole other layer of meaning and value to something that you you pretty much have to go through you know what I mean you can't be like oh, I'm just not going to be sick from this medicine you know what I mean it's right like, it's probably going to go that way and right. it just gives this whole other deeper value and meaning to us that just makes it so much more powerful oh yeah and also it really hit home you know in the spiritual community we hear a lot um there is no good or bad there is no good or bad everything you know you hear you hear that um, everything is, is meant to happen. And from, from a human perspective, that's like, mm, that's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't mean that everything is okay. Or we have to agree with everything either, but it was interesting because it was like, even the, even really dark darkness can have a value. That was the thing that this kind of showed me. And it's so it kind of hit that home. And of course the words don't do it justice as they, you know, they never do, but there was this sense of like this dark, dark, painful experience has value for my life. And, and so has, you know, has some value for the world. I think it's incredible. Yeah. Just a whole new perspective on it. And I love how you speak about holistic health and holistic healing. You know, the meaning of the word is to include all it's supposed to include everything it's it's whole you know yeah and it really yes I think you did speak lovely in a lovely way about this in a previous episode of um coming out of the spiritual closet but could you touch on it there how it, it's a view the, the word holistic has begun to mean just spiritual anti-medicine <laughs> yes know? Absolutely. Yeah. So that that's the thing. Holistic means the whole self. And so holistic healing is combining the physical, the spiritual and the emotional. It's combining all of those things in healing. There's no reason that Western medicine, which takes a very physical approach to medicine, right? But there's no reason that Western medicine and that material physical approach can't be part of holistic healing. Yeah, what, what I noticed when I first was diagnosed, so many people came to me and said, so are you gonna just do holistic medicine? And what they meant was, are you going to avoid the Western approach and only do you know, Reiki, acupuncture, all of these spiritual modalities? 
And I had to think about it. I had to discern what was right for me, but it didn't feel right to me that holistic didn't include the Western approach. Like yeah. to me, holistic is combining the whole self, the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional. And I absolutely think that you can take a holistic approach and include Western medicine along with all of these spiritual and more Eastern modalities. Yeah. yeah, I think that we've lost, I think the spiritual community has sort of, that's become a buzz phrase, holistic. And I think we've lost touch with what that word actually means. Yeah, I just find that so interesting. And I find, I often feel like a fraud or an outsider, or I often feel very much not a part of the spiritual community because mm. I've, I'm very scientific very very much so always have been always want the evidence you know before getting into spiritual stuff I was consuming all of the the, the quantum physics the placebo effect all that side of stuff first you know yes I was like no I need to make sense of this stuff and then once I did I was like okay that's fine I've got scratch itched I can move into the next layer now but yeah. um I just don't like this aspect of people assuming that spirituality means you're anti-science or yes. anti-medicine. Yeah. It's like, no, uh, for me, spirituality, no more than the real meaning of the word holistic is spirituality is everything. It's everything in life. And I think there's actually a lot of almost untapped or unknown spirituality within the scientific community. Uh, they may be like generally labeled atheists or whatever, but, you know, they're getting their ideas and their inspired thought and their inspiration and their creative downloads. They're getting that from the same place we're getting it, you know. That's right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> from and up it's, there, but also yes. from 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 internally from them, from their higher selves or their soul or whatever you want to call it. They yep. may not be setting that intention or anything like that but I feel like that connection is there with a lot of people in that community and I feel like we have a lot more in common than we have not in common yeah oh definitely and you know the thing is again this idea that this idea that if you're spiritual then you can't be uh into science again it's a polarity it's creating a polarity and yeah. you know it's you can only be one or the other and mm. it's time to really shift from this idea that I can either be scientific or I can be spiritual. How about I can be scientific and spiritual, you know? Yeah. How about if like, I feel like we need to start using the word and so much more, humanity yeah. in general, right? Like yeah. we can it, we can be both, we can hold two opposites. We're capable of that. Yeah. And the reality is polarity is an illusion. It's a, it's a strong illusion and it's necessary for this 3D world. Uh, but when you see through it, it just opens the whole world up to you, you know? Yeah. I can I be scientific like, and spiritual. Exactly. I feel like it's kind of a cornerstone of the whole cons conspirituality mm -hmm. sect. <laughs> sect oh, yeah. the right word. The illusion of division is placed there. It's yeah. us versus them. And it's like, well, that's no different to what's going on in war-torn countries. Us versus them. It's like, this isn't... I guess, I guess you could say it's not very spiritual, <laughs> but it's, it's um, 
Paul, I think you said it actually perfectly. It's just that it's so polarizing and it's to kind yeah. of create uh, an element of control by making you feel like you have to be with us or else you're one of them. Right. You know what I mean? And oh, it's absolutely. it's also a little bit culty and <laughs> it's, yeah. um, it's just completely gross, actually. I just I really don't like that whole aspect of the wider spiritual community. Of course, that's not talking about everyone or anything like that but it's out there and it's it's gross oh yeah to be honest with you yeah it gets it it does it creates i completely agree it creates a lot of division and there's this fear that i see in people in the spiritual community where they're afraid to just enjoy what they enjoy like for instance mm. i eat meat and yeah. for a long time i kind of hid that mm. because i felt afraid that that meant I wasn't spiritual but the truth is you don't you can you can do you can eat meat and be spiritual you can like it is my body responds to it well and it is authentically me to be eating in that way mm -hmm. and that is spiritual <laughs> being yeah. authentically myself listening to my body listening to what it needs yeah exactly we plus we also still have to live our lives i mean mm -hmm. you could say that oh, taking an airplane flight is not spiritual because of what it does to the climate it's like sure. okay yeah you're right but are we all gonna just sit in one place <laughs> forever right. and ever you know you do still right. need to be realistic about how you live your life and you can make decisions like that in that some people would disapprove of <laughs> but because of rules yeah. they've created we could look at that same person and go well oh I'm gonna judge you because of this you know and it's, right. it's I think we just need to accept that we all have our own journeys but we also all it's just very personal isn't it it's mm -hmm. it's, it's a personal thing and we're all yeah. at very different levels you know like yes. I've, I've been vegan in the past and I really was like disgusted by anyone who was eating meat like properly disgusted um sure. now at the moment I've started eating some fish and eggs I don't eat meat again but to be honest with you I actually crave it <laughs> I've been craving chicken for about three months. I am battling with it because I am yeah. like, holy shit, that's not right. Don't do that. You know what I mean? And it's sure, sure, it's tough. But you kind of, it's kind of like, well, maybe I can weigh it out if I, you know, don't eat this or something. You know, and what's the yep. difference between a fish yep. and a chicken? You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so interesting too. It it gets back to. It kind of takes back, it goes back to this idea that nothing is, there's no such thing as like a hard wrong and a hard right. It's like definitions are all fluid. Reality is very fluid. So there might be a time in your life when one thing is right for you, but then that shifts and it's not anymore. And then it might shift back. And I think it's like, it would be helpful. I think if we all got a little more comfortable with fluidity in our definitions, you know, yes. things things shift, things change. These hard definitions, I don't think fit in with actual reality, actual yeah. spiritual reality. I mean, if you're looking at it from a spiritual point of view. Yeah. It doesn't fit in with modern world living where yeah. you have to get on and do things. You know, to me, there's, there's so many things, you know, you could say turning your heating on. That's not right. 
you know it's like well I'll freeze to death if I don't so you know I am still living in a physical body at this time absolutely (laughs) yes and that's that's huge too you know that touches on it's so important I think another thing that happens in the spiritual community that this immediately made me think of is this idea that we want to ascend out of our physical form like let's ascend to the 5d but the reality is being here on earth is a privilege and for me the goal of consciousness is to integrate my spiritual self into my human form so that I have a full human experience with the guidance of my spiritual self rather than trying to lift out of my physical body and get out of get out of this physical prison it's actually a glorious place to be if you can integrate your spiritual self into your human form yeah you're sent here to be human that is the whole point of being here i hear a lot about people feeling that like we're collectively as an earth we're ascending we're I keep hearing this we're ascending we're ascending and it's like I just don't agree with it I'm like I think earth is like uh it's like a kindergarten it's like a play school it's a school that we're it's a place we're sent to to learn as humans and if that didn't exist anymore what would be the point you know what I mean it's where would you do that what would be the point of earth if every human on earth ascended to the I don't I don't even know what 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 they're even saying will happen but it's like right. well some people are saying that we're going to turn to fucking crystals or something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that our carbon bodies are going to turn into crystals or something yes. but I mean I mean even purely on an energetic spiritual level it's like I just don't get it I don't yeah I don't know it's but how, I, how would what would be the point of earth and why would earth exist if we all just air quotes ascended or became enlightened in like right. the next 20 years we're all going to be enlightened and it's like we, we wouldn't be here then earth wouldn't exist because who the hell would want to live on earth if you're an enlightened being um i don't know what do you think well it's interesting so that's it's an interesting topic yeah, I, I definitely think that the idea that, I mean, my my opinion is the idea that we are going to just ascend out of these bodies and ditch the bodies and, and that that's a preferable thing. Um, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me because to me, the, yeah, like you said, the whole, the whole point is to be here in human form and experiencing this human form. It's really interesting. One of the things that's come out of, that's been a massive shift for me in the last few months with this cancer journey is I've come out of it really with this kind of deep sense that it's a privilege to be on earth, which is sort of something I, an idea I threw around before but I'm like feeling it on a deep level, like getting to experience physical form is this incredible sacred privilege. So, and, and I'm quite sure that I chose to do it. I mean, I know for a fact that I chose to stay here, which is interesting. So Mm -hmm. it's an interesting position to be in. And so it's like, I, yeah, I, I don't see, I know that my soul wouldn't want to just ascend out of this body because my, I'm so grateful to be in this body. I'm so grateful to be here in this body. And I think it's a misinterpretation of like rising consciousness. I think we are becoming more conscious as a people. And I think we can. And I think that as we become more conscious, 
the physical experience could be more enjoyable. So maybe as we become more conscious, earth becomes even more appealing, you know, being incarnated becomes more appealing because it's not as difficult as it used to be. I mean, even right now, it's easier to be a human incarnated now than like in the dark ages. Absolutely. And so it's like, I think we are raising our consciousness, but not so that we can hop out of our human bodies. And I, I would, I would say if you're listening to this and you're, you're feeling a little like, Oh, but I want to hop out of my human body. Like, I don't like this. Like if you're feeling some resistance around this conversation that we're having right now, I think it's a really good opportunity to journal, sit down with your journal and literally write down, ask yourself, why do I want out of my human body? And then just automatic write and see what comes through because there's probably some wounds that are being held in your body that you can look at, that you can feel into and heal so that it feels better to be in this human body. So this could be, if you're having resistance to our conversation, this could be a real opportunity for you to kind of look inside. Absolutely. hundred percent. What is it that's uh, making you want to be at that ascension point mm-hmm. and not being here in the reality of what you actually are? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Yeah. It's funny. It's something, you know, yourself now when you're on Instagram and you, you follow particular spiritual accounts and stuff and yeah these, these words and phrases are thrown around and a lot of the time I'm just like I don't connect yeah. with that at all whatsoever <laughs> I think there's a lot of taking things li- very literally everything is energy right mm. everything's energy and so sometimes these very literal interpretations of words instead of seeing the words as sort of markers for the energy I think that's where we get into trouble sometimes, you know, getting really literal with the words when the words are kind of, they're just the best we can do to describe an energy. I think that we don't even have the vocabulary that we need to describe stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So Brittany, I am such a virgin when it comes to plant medicine. I mean, I smoked a little bit of pot back in the day, well, a fair bit for a short period of time. And that was my, that was my whole experience. I've never delved into anything else. I was wondering what have your experiences been with plant medicine? And I know that you are an advocate for it in some ways. Definitely how would you well firstly is marijuana I presume is legal in Oregon is it yes yeah Oregon has some of the loosest in fact basically all psychedelics all drugs are decriminalized here so marijuana is straight up legal uh but you know what I will say is that I find I personally in my experience find marijuana to be it, it can be helpful as a plant medicine, for sure. I mean, it definitely can. There's certain medical um, uses for it. They've proven that it helps with seizures. And I don't find it to be the most powerful plant medicine or the most useful plant medicine because what ends up happening with marijuana a lot of times is that people get into a habit with it. They use it daily. Mm -hmm. And I, I think when used in that way, it's much less helpful. It actually has a numbing effect. Whereas it can be used ceremonially. You can do a ceremony and smoke a good bit and do some journeying with it. But actually I I find, I find psilocybin mushrooms. So they're known as magic mushrooms. 
I find that to be a plant medicine that is far, far, far more powerful. And I, for me, um, psychedelic experiences have been a huge part of my spiritual development. Absolutely. And um, I'm a huge advocate for psilocybin therapy, which has actually just been made legal in Oregon. So mm -hmm. they're doing, they're actually using psilocybin to help ease the fears and anxieties of terminally ill people. They're using it to help ease PTSD in veterans. There's all kinds of uh, applications for it. They're looking into using it for therapy, uh, basically as an antidepressant therapy. So there's, there's evidence that even one psilocybin mushroom journey can have long-term positive effects with depression, PTSD, and anxiety, which is just incredible. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly been my experience. Uh, what I also will say though, is that anyone who's considering using this plant in that way, or it's not a plant, it's a fungus, but anyone who's yeah. considering using these kinds of ceremonial psychedelic medicines definitely needs to do their homework about the effects. And you should always have someone who is not using that medicine with you. You should always have, we call them trip sitters, but um, you should have someone with you who is completely sober, who can kind of just be there to help direct you if needed. And there's a lot of resources actually online. If you just Google trip sitting advice, there's all kinds of resources for the person who's going to be sitting with you. But I do, I do my experience with those fungus plants has been, I, I've actually, I've had the experience of connecting fully with the one and seeing that the one is uh, essentially one giant being that we are each fractals of and actually seeing my little fractal piece in the tapestry of existence, which once you see that it changes your whole perspective forever. It's wow. It's wild and very worthwhile, but a challenging experience as well. I mean, it's not, these aren't fun experiences. They're challenging. Okay. Okay. So have you felt like healing of old wounds or that it just strength, not just, but that it strengthens your spiritual beliefs or emotional release or what would you experience? Uh, definitely both. I've had, I've definitely had journeys where a different you can, you can see your wounds from a very different perspective. Mm. Um, it's interesting that we're talking about this because I actually just did a ceremony a couple days ago. I haven't in a long time. And it was sort of my re emergence from cancer and treatment ceremony was the idea. Yeah, and it was interesting because I was able to see the entire cancer experience from a very different perspective and the potential wounds that that could have caused that I could have carried with me. A lot of people get PTSD after cancer treatment. It's very yeah, common. I believe it. So in this experience, in this journey, I was able to see that this cancer experience and the wounds that were created in this cancer experience were safe to let go of. They were safe to release and I was able to release them so that I'm not carrying them forward with me, for example. So yeah, you can, there can be some really powerful, powerful healing of wounds that comes up for sure. Wow. It's incredible. So like at this time in Oregon, can you go to your, your doctor, your, your, I don't know what, what do you call them? A GP family doctor, whatever it's called your regular doctor and receive a prescription 
or do you need to know someone who knows where they grow? <laughs> what level are you? What stage so, are we at? <laughs> we're, yeah, we're somewhere in between. Okay. So we're not there yet. You can go to your doctor for marijuana for sure mm-hmm. and get a prescription. For psilocybin, you have to enroll in one of the programs and there's a bunch being formed. There's a couple already in action. You actually have to go and apply and enroll in one of these programs. It's going to get easier and easier to do that going forward. But no, we're not quite at the place where you can get a prescription from your doctor. You do have to go specifically to a psilocybin program. And they are decriminalized. So there are also like people that grow them all over Oregon. So there's that possibility too. Yeah realistically. And are these programs medical research programs? Yeah. So they are, they're medical and it's, it's psychiatry really. So there are psychiatrists that are uh, getting certified in psychedelic therapy. Basically, they're also doing this with LSD and those therapists learn specifically how to guide these psychedelic experiences um, in a, in a healing way, but there's also research happening. So that's happening too. They're also doing medical research to see exactly what the positive effects are. So both are kind of happening simultaneously right now. It's, isn't it exciting times that we live in? Oh, it really is. It's so, (laughs) it's so cool. And it's so promising because it is one of the areas where I think it would be vastly superior to the Western model of like taking a pill every day for depression. And all the um, side effects. Exactly. If you could have, you know, a treatment once every six months instead, yeah. imagine the difference. Yeah, it is. I, I think it's so, it's so exciting. I've heard a few probably podcasts, I'm sure that I've been listening to, but I, I just think it's so exciting. It's almost like coming back to it, isn't it? Yeah. You know, all of this stuff that was just outright criminalized to the point that you couldn't even study it like it's it's ridiculous yeah Um, absolutely have you ever taken ayahuasca I have not no and that is very very high on my list for sure um I am I'm very very drawn to it for sure I have um in the past I have done ceremony that involves it's it's like a smokable version of ayahuasca it's a much short it's much shorter acting I have been in that ceremony a few times in the past and that was extremely powerful more powerful than any other uh, plant medicine I've tried so I'm very interested in actually drinking the tea of ayahuasca because that is a long acting experience and I imagine uh, my understanding is that that is one of the most powerful journeys plant medicine journeys available I believe so I think I, I personally would need to be in a very, 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 very safe environment. Oh yeah. To be able to do that. Is that legalized where you are? Um, it's still it's decriminalized. Decriminalized, All of it's decriminalized. Sorry. So it's a little different. Um, I know what you mean. I know the difference. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I suppose it's probably being studied. I'm sure there's, there's mm-hmm. I'm sure there's they some are. trial you can sign yourself up for. <laughs> yep. And the other thing with ayahuasca that is um in the, at least in my state, I'm not sure about the whole US, but in Oregon, it is considered if you're, if it's part of your religion. So if you are part of a group that that is part of your religious ceremony, then it is legal. So for our listeners, Brittany, do you have any spiritual tools, like your go-to self-care tools that you want to share with anyone, your things that you could not go without? 
Yes, definitely. So <laughs> the big one, and you're going to hear people say this over and over and over, but meditation, meditation is huge. Meditation will change your life. Meditation is not quieting your mind or getting rid of all your thoughts. Meditation is just sitting even just for five minutes and focusing your attention on your breathing and allowing any thoughts that come up to just come up and pass, come up and pass, just letting your thoughts happen, but without digging into them, without following them basically. And you can start with a quick guided meditation. That's the easiest way to start. Just get a guided meditation off of YouTube. That's five, 10 minutes long and just sit and listen to it once a day. Yeah. Meditation is the thing that really changed my life when I started doing that daily. Uh, the other thing is stimulating your vagus nerve. So your vagus nerve basically controls all of your unconscious nerve reactions in your body. And you can stimulate it a whole bunch of different ways. Gargling is one way, cold showers, or just turning the water cold at the end of your shower. That's what I do. Every time I take a shower, at the very end of my shower, I turn the knob all the way to cold and stand under it for 30 seconds to a minute. What that does is it, it resets, it's almost like a reset button for your system, your nervous system. It resets your vagus nerve. And so if you're feeling any anxiety, if you're feeling stress, it just zaps it. I mean, it just almost instantly eliminates it. It's really a powerful, powerful tool. And so I try and do that every single day. Those are the two big ones. And then just listening to your intuition. But here's the thing. The meditation is how I, how I really started hearing that little voice, that little intuitive voice clearly. And so the meditation and listening to your intuition are completely intertwined. Um, highly recommend meditating daily. I agree. You need to find those moments of quiet, don't you? Because oh, yeah. it's so hard for that little voice to be heard if you're constantly if your mind is constantly running with everything that I need to do and then you come home when you make the dinner and you sit down and you're watching a tv show and you know your yeah. mind is constantly going so I think giving yourself that break that space where you're like this is just for nothingness and feeling the importance of that nothingness and you probably won't feel the positive benefits of it immediately or even at the time it's only right. a few months down the road you'd be like going god I'm so much more relaxed in general <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely it's different you know yeah yeah definitely but the cold shower thing as well I'm the same I'm up to two minutes two minutes shower. yeah I'm telling you it's not easy initially wow. getting over I know getting over the cold shock gasp at the beginning was, oh, was yeah. the, the hurdle so I did turn it up a tiny tiny bit so it's not deathly ice cold but it's it's shivery goosebumps cold you know yeah yep. but it's it's that'll do it Jesus it's amazing and actually yeah. something that I you were saying with the gargling I believe um humming like really humming oh, at the yes. back of your throat kind of feeling that vibration yes. I've I had completely forgotten about that until you said gurgling is it also yeah. has a similar kind of effect on your yes. your vagus nerve and breathing yeah right short kind of in breaths with a really long exhalation is really good yeah. for um stimulating the vagus nerve as well yeah absolutely yep. so Brittany it has been an absolute delight 
to have you on the show. I just love hearing all about your stories. Just absolutely incredible. And you're an amazing friend. You're an amazing channel. And you have this really cool portal now, which you're calling the Free Stuff Portal. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's basically a portal that I've made for my email community. And I have a good long channeling video in there that is specifically for anyone who subscribes to my email list. And I set the intention when I channeled that for messages to come through for anyone who ever subscribes to my email list. And it's so interesting because I've gotten so much feedback from people who have subscribed that are like, oh, that message was for me. Oh, that message was for me. So if you Mm -hmm. feel drawn at all, that video is in the portal when you subscribe. There's also meditations, there's information on self-care and I'm gonna keep adding to it all the time. So it's an ever-growing, it's an ever-growing space of basically just free content. So if you're interested, you can just go to my website. It's www.brittanywittig.com. And I'm sure my name will be here. So you'll know how to spell it. And that'll take you right to the page where you can subscribe. And as soon as you subscribe, you get access to the portal. Yeah. I've always loved your timeless messages, even recently on YouTube, because I've subscribed to your YouTube channel. I, a channel message that you recorded about a year ago just popped up onto my YouTube page and I was just you know intuition told me listen to this and there was just a really gorgeous message in there and it was just from so long ago that I was like and you were like this is a timeless message I'm like it was timeless Brittany it was Ah, you know it really really hit me at the moment I was like oh just the perfect little bit of advice that I needed at that time so thank you so much you're welcome you share really really lovely channel guidance with the world and I'm just really excited to see where things are going for you and what's happening next it's uh watch this space watch out world (laughs) (laughs) yes thank you and thank you so much for having me I love your podcast I've been listening since the beginning so I'm very happy to be here thank you and for those listening as well be sure to listen to Brittany's podcast coming out of the spiritual closet which is fantastic actually it's a really really great like a great starter kit for spirituality I would consider it so thanks so much for coming on thank you so much for having me welcome so there you have it if you'd like to contact Brittany you can find her at Brittany.Wittick on Instagram that's b-r-i-t-t-a-n-y dot w-i-t-t-i-g or on brittanywedig.com. I highly recommend that you go and check out her free stuff portal and her YouTube page and her Instagram page. You'll find loads and loads of useful tools there. And of course, on her podcast, the Coming Out of the Spiritual Closet podcast. It's amazing. Recently, I received a quantum flow activation session from Brittany and it was absolutely mind-blowing. So it was a one-to-one session, but she's now offering it as a group experience on Wednesday, April 20th. What this activation will do is dissolve energetic blocks that are keeping you from settling fully into flow, and it'll reconnect you with your deepest, most authentic self and activate big shifts in your life. So if you're feeling stuck in any area of your life, this is a perfect experience for you. It's only $22. Seriously, guys, go and do this. (laughs) After I had my quantum flow activation with Brittany, I experienced this real deep healing and releasing time in my life for a couple of weeks. It was 
quite intense, but I experienced massive shifts. I even could like physically feel a shift in my energy system immediately after the, the session. But since then, it has been like just loads and loads of healing, deeply buried things. And it has brought me to a new awareness of myself. And I feel like I've actually kind of stepped into this new version of myself. Like I pressed the upgrade button. It was amazing. Really, really genuinely, guys. Brittany is the real deal. <laughs> and at $22, oh my God, go get it. It's just amazing. She really just knows her stuff. She's so deeply experienced. She's so, you know, from listening to her, that she's just so in tune. And she's also just so grounded. I think she's just an absolutely amazing, amazing therapist. So guys, go get your quantum flow experience. You will not regret it. And I feel like it's going to be a catalyst for change in your life. And as always, if you want to contact me or chat about the podcast, you can email me at the spiritual seeds podcast at gmail.com or you can find me and all my offerings over on Instagram. That's at leisha.o.connor. Um, what you up to there, Jen? Checking out flights to Oregon. Mm, she had you at Magic Mushrooms, didn't she? Cool. <laughs> Can I come too? Okay, nice one. Hang on, it's starting to make sense now. So basically you treated the first guest like dirt. You treated the second guest like, I mean, the nicest thing you did to her was ignore her. And that was really just because she gave you free stuff, let's be fair. And now Brittany, soon as you got wind that there might be something exciting that you could get from being nice to her yeah I notice I now that you say that I did notice your ears perk up when we started talking about plant medicine yeah I see I see your true colors are shining through not that you'd be one for hiding them now in any shape or form but it's uh yeah it's all started coming together now for me I'm seeing you I'm seeing you I see you. Yes, and you see me too. Yeah, I know. A free trip to Oregon would be pretty cool. Or we can trip. Yeah, that would be amazing. Oh, we could do a podcast special. What? Oh, who am I kidding? I won't be able to get you to do any work. Never mind, never mind. Okay, guys, finally signing off. We will talk to you next week. What? 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 What?